Now can I get to the word this morning? <laughs> awesome. If you are following along on your vision or your Bible, we are going to jump through some scriptures this morning. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are leading this morning. What we started about last week, we started talking about yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. And this is the second part. If you've missed the first one, you can go and have a look or, uh, on Vision, or we have a podcast now, YouTube, Vision, so many platforms. You know where it's at, YouTube. Um, and um, so what did we talk about? The first Sunday, Johannes shared for this year, he shared the vision for our year. And he gave us three words. He said, God spoke to us as a church to focus on three things this year. The first one is focus. We need to be focused this year. The second one was trust. We're going to trust God at a whole new level this year for the words that he's given us. And number three, we are going to operate and live by faith, not by sight. And so the Lord spoke to me in addition to your highness that how are we actually going to fulfill that vision? How are we actually going to focus trust and walk by faith? And he spoke to me about this concept of yielding to the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4 verse, verse 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to walk in these things, in this Christian life, and see victory the way that the Word promises us. We will actually not be able to do it. And so the Holy Spirit, I believe, is actually the one person of the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, that we don't teach on enough, that we don't pursue in a day-to-day -day relationship enough. And without, the Bible says, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And so God's heart for us as children is actually to grow up in maturity. It's actually to grow up in spiritual maturity. And that's where I kind of want to focus today. There were so many things. I was actually overwhelmed this week. And I said, Lord, I cannot in 40 minutes say everything that we want to say. And the Lord actually spoke to my heart yesterday afternoon and said, just lead them to my spirit. Lead them to my spirit. And so this morning, I'm actually just going to, it's not going to be so much preaching. I don't know. I feel like I'm just sharing with you what the Holy Spirit has taught me. And my prayer is that it will honestly help us as a church to create a hunger in us for the Holy Ship, oh, the Holy Ship, the Holy Spirit's leadership. I'm so excited. I can't even wait to finish my own sentences. It's going to be a great morning. And so last week we, we started off and we said that don't you sometimes feel like in life you experience a lot of frustration? Sometimes we get to a place in our life where it feels like nothing is moving forward. Niks kom recht nie. Niks kom in plek nie. Like it's a struggle, like it's a frustration. Has anyone been there of late? And oftentimes when I find myself in that place of extreme frustration, it's like the dots are just not connecting. Die dinge kom uit nie. I find that I'm in that place of self-effort again. I'm in that place where I'm trying to make happen in my life, trying to open doors in my life that only the Holy Spirit can do. And this is where the Lord had me. 
we try to lead our lives, even our spiritual growth, even our, when we get to January, the New Year's resolutions. Ooh, I can't jump The year of the body. <laughs> okay, no one else? Okay. Um, First one, I'm going to read my Bible so many hours a day. I'm going to read a chapter a day. I'm going to pray for three hours like that person in church, that intercessor Tani. I'm going to pray like her. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the Lord says, how's that going for you? How's, how's your effort going? None of those things are bad per se, but the Lord wants us to get to a place where we do not think that we can do it in our own strength. Because the reality is we will not be able to do it. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by my spirit. I want us to look again at this scripture, Galatians 5 verse 16. And it's in the Passion Translation. And it says this. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life, as you yield freely and fully, as you yield freely and fully. And then we said, okay, for the Afrikaans people, what does the word yield mean? I forgot my white flag this morning, but the white flag of surrender. I haven't waved it at home this week. <laughs> Yohanna says it was a good week. <laughs> The white flag of surrender, it means to give up possession, to surrender or relinquish. Those of us who are control freaks, it means to relinquish control of our life. To submit oneself to another's authority. Woo. To give up one's life or rights. To give way to influence. To acknowledge the superiority of someone else. And then lastly, I love this, to seize resistance and to be fruitful and productive. That is what it means to yield to the Holy Spirit. And Derek Prince was a, we shared this quote last week, Derek Prince was um, a phenomenal teacher of the word and he said, this beautiful quote, and it stuck by me the last month, is that the Christian life is not a life of struggle. It is actually a life of yielding. Many of us are waiting on the Holy Spirit to do things, waiting on this big bang moment in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is, I'm waiting on you to yield. I'm waiting on you to surrender. I'm waiting on you to put your will aside and allow me to come in and direct your life. Because where I will lead you is actually to the place of peace. Where I will lead you is actually to the place of joy. Where I will lead you is actually to the place of full satisfaction in Jesus, in his presence. That is above our understanding. That is above our comprehension. It is above our ability to grasp. And he's not looking for us to try and do it ourselves. He wants us to just yield. Amen? You look serious this morning. So the Holy Spirit is key to our lives. He is our leader. He is the one that will guide us on a daily basis. And without his spirit, we will actually not fulfill our calling. We will not walk in the fruit of the spirit. We will not 
produce the fruit of the Spirit, we will not actually grow to the maturity where God wants us to be. And I believe that in the church, this is a huge word for the church, do not ignore my spirit. It is time for the church to actually wake up and become effective in who God has called us to be. But if we are not going to allow His Holy Spirit room in our lives, we are always going to stay at the same place of frustration, the same place of no breakthrough, the same place having the same prayers. And there must be a shift every year into a new place. Amen? Are you tired of the same old, same old? I'm tired of that. I don't want to be the same Marissa that I was last year. So believe here, fat my net for into. Okay, by your spirit. And I want to read you this scripture this morning. This is powerful, powerful, powerful. And when I look back at my notes for last year, the second or the third Sunday, I preached on the very same scripture. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, John 15. So those of you who weren't here last year, you won't know. So it's okay. John 15, and I'm going to read through the Amplified, so you're going to have to bear with me, but it is so good. This is going to be great breakfast for some of us this morning. If you are hungry for the word this morning, this is going to bless you. Okay, are you there, John 15? Is anyone turning, scrolling? All right, John 15, Jesus is speaking, and this is a profound passage. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. And it goes until verse 8. Is there more? Amen. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. No one likes that. So that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have given to you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. He's talking to his disciples now. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit or produce evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. If you use highlighters, this will be a good verse to highlight. Verse 4. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Everyone say nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message, this is so good, lives in your heart, ask whatever, everyone say whatever, you wish and it will be done for you. And verse 8, my father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. My father is glorified and honored by this. By what? When we bear much fruit. 
And there is evidence of our faith through the visible fruit in our lives. Jesus says, without him, we can do nothing. What is he referring to when he speaks about fruit? I think we all know that, but it's interesting that that translation of the word fruit actually says that which comes from something. It is a result and effect of work, an act, deed, or profit. Now, in verse 4, it said that the fruit was actually yielded. In other words, it produced fruit from what? From being yielded to the vine, being connected to the vine. My mom and I were, I had the privilege of visiting my parents in Cape Town. I'm from Cape Town. I was born in South Africa. Then Johannes, I married a Namibian, and he moved me to the desert, <laughs> the promised land of milk and honey, Namibia. And I went home, um, no, this is home. I went to Cape Town to go and visit my family, and I said to my mom, just take me everywhere. Let's just be tourists. We are going to go everywhere, every beach, every vineyard, every place of greenery we can find. And so we went to this beautiful vineyard in Durbanville. And they have these beautiful little tables where you sit literally in between the vines, in the vineyard. And, you know, you'll have your beverage or your little quiche or whatever you eat. And you sit in the actual vineyard. I forgot to bring a photo. And it was such a beautiful experience. And it was this beautiful day. And we took photos of the fruit. And we took photos of everything. And I was reminded again of this thing of, you know, those grapes that were hanging there did not produce itself. It had to actually be connected to the vine. It had to be connected to the vine. And Jesus is saying, the fruit is the evidence of your faith. The fruit is the thing that proves you've got the life of the king moving in your being and flowing through you. And so many times, we want to try and produce that by ourselves. And we get empty, we get frustrated, we get tired, we get exhausted because we are trying to live the Christian life outside of Him, outside of that connection, the life that actually just flows through the vine. And actually, I don't know about you, but if you've seen a vineyard, it looks very relaxed to me. It doesn't look stressed. It doesn't try and do its own thing. It does what it was created to do effortlessly. And that's the picture that, that the Lord keeps giving me. That's where he wants to get us. Fruitfulness is the result of the son's life being reproduced in us. It's a result. Not of what you do, but what of he does. And we see that Jesus desires that our lives actually produce as fruit. Galatians 5 verse 22. Let's just remind ourselves what does fruit look like. Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us. So who's the one that produces the fruit? The Holy Spirit. Is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we are waiting. <laughs> There's a sermon waiting to happen. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. Let me just read it here. Gentleness and self-control. And against such things there is no law. 
So we actually see that Jesus is teaching his disciples that I need you to understand this. I'm going to go away because I need to go back to the Father to prepare a place for you. But I'm going to send you my spirit. My spirit. He's part of the Trinity of God. He's not some wind. He's not some object. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He is the spirit of the living God. He is our helper. He is the one that is going to guide us every day. He's going to be the one that produces fruit in us, that's going to mature us, that's going to guide us, that's going to grow us. And bearing fruit is actually not an option. Just in case we were not clear about that. Bearing fruit is actually a command. It's a command. What is the purpose of our Christian life? It's not to build some little thing here with the picket fence that we can then now one day show that after 80 years, this is what we've done. It's actually to bear fruit. It's to bear fruit. It's to become a mature disciple of Jesus Christ because he's given us a duty on this earth. He's given us a mandate to fulfill, and only he can get us there. But somehow we get confused along the way and think that we're on some other mission here. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 I've called you to bear fruit. Can, can, can the focus be my spirit? Because if the focus is my spirit and his leadership in your life, you will actually get on track with what I want to produce in your life. It's like an automatic reaction, I want to say, if that makes sense this morning. And so if you've got a personality like mine that, kind of focuses on getting things done, drives things, moves things, okay, gets into self-effort very, very quickly if things doesn't happen quick enough. It's a temptation for our personality types. What was my point? That my focus for this year, when Johannes spoke that word, the Lord spoke in my heart again because I, I run to my to-do list very quickly. And the Lord said, can you, can you take your focus off what you are going to do and what you are going to, through your effort, accomplish this year. And can you focus on yielding this year? Can you focus on allowing my Holy Spirit to do what He can do? And it's a big mind shift for many of us. If we can get ourselves to the place where we can focus on what is the Spirit doing and just follow Him. Some of us are trying to be the leader and we want the Holy Spirit to follow us. We want the Lord to follow our plans and our strategies. We want to be Holy Spirit Junior. And the Lord says, following is actually much easier. If you can allow me to be the leader, then you can just follow. Amen? Is everyone good this morning? Are you following or am I jumping? That was a test. Okay, so the key to remember is that the Holy Spirit, sometimes sometimes some of us like to follow where the leadership is aggressive or where the leadership is forceful. And I think sometimes even in our subconscious, I remember when, when people started teaching me about the Holy Spirit, when I became aware of who He is and who He wants to be in my life and trying to figure out how do I actually build a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Where do I actually even start? What... What do I need to do? Do I need to do something like, how does this thing work? That the Holy Spirit is actually not going to force His way through us. 
Last week, we used the illustration of the gentle dove. The gentle dove that actually is a gentleman. He's gentle, and he wants to guide you rather than force you and push you. And if you've ever seen someone possessed by a demonic spirit, who would agree that that's quite forceful? A demonic spirit, I'm not talking about a Christian influenced by a demonic spirit. I'm talking about someone who is completely possessed by a demonic spirit, where they lose control over their body, control over their personality, control over what they speak and say and do. That is force. That is not the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, I think sometimes people, people have that perception and we think that the Holy Spirit is going to force us and we just kind of sit still in the same place waiting for the Holy Spirit to bam, zap something. And I really think this will bring freedom to someone this morning that that is actually not how the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He's the gentle dove, gentleman. And he desires our cooperation. He desires and invites us into a partnership with him where he says, I've actually given you a personality for a reason. The Holy Spirit wants to work through our personalities. Yes, he will change. He will heal. He will restore many things in the broken parts of our personalities. But he wants our will to choose him, to make space and room for him where he can move freely through us. And leading us in a place where he's already put those desires in our heart. He's not, you know, I used to think, well, where is he going to take me? What is he going to do? Is it going to be something I'm going to like or not? And sometimes we have these fearful expectations almost in a way of the Holy Spirit. Does anyone relate to that this morning? But he's a gentleman. We will only see him move as we yield our will and allow him to minister to us and to lead us. And... There were many other things that I wanted to share around bearing fruit and different things that the Holy Spirit will do in our life. But the Holy Spirit actually, yesterday I was, as I was doing the final notes on my word, I felt him speak and say, just lead them to my spirit this morning. As I said earlier, just teach them how you and I came into relationship. And so I'm just going to do that this morning. There's no use in me trying to do 10 more teachings on the fruit of the Spirit and different things if that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. And I believe many people, as I've spoken to many people in the last three weeks, and we speak about the year, and we speak about our focus. And the question that many people ask us is, how do I actually know that the Holy Spirit is leading me? Has anyone here ever had that question? How do I actually know that He's leading me? And so why don't we talk about that this morning? And all I'm going to do is share with, me how he, share with you how he's led me. And again, the Holy Spirit works with all of us in different ways. The Holy Spirit knows how to talk to Johannes, and he knows how to talk to Jock. He knows how to lead them individually because they're individual people. They've got different gift sets. They've got different desires in their hearts. They've got different purposes. But I believe the first thing that when we talk about leading and leadership of the Holy Spirit that we need to remind ourselves of is that sometimes we think we are not being led, but we are just not good at recognizing that we are being led. If you are here this morning, I don't think your fleshly desire led you to church. Not when you have to get up on a Sunday morning. If you've worked all week and you are tired and 
this weather is even so nice and, you know, the duvet is just so comfortable and it's just so nice in bed. Your flesh did not lead you to a church. The Holy Spirit has led you here this morning. So you already know that you responded to the leadership of the Holy Spirit just this morning. That is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This was a breakthrough moment when someone explained that to me years ago. Because I thought everything had to be some sort of audible voice, some sort of dramatic vision that I had to have had when I wake up, that I missed most of how the Holy Spirit was actually leading me. Because I focused on ways that I thought he should speak, ways that he should manifest himself to me, that I didn't even recognize the simple promptings and the simple ways that he actually was guiding me already. If you have written yourself in for the Liberating Truths course, and you are hungry for the word, and there's a desire inside of you to grow spiritually, can we just agree that that's the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Your flesh does not desire the things of the Spirit. Your flesh does not desire to come to church, to the barn on a Sunday evening at five o'clock. It's already in your afternoon nap time to come and learn about things of the Word. It's the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So some of you, some of us are being led so much, we just don't recognize it. We don't recognize how the Holy Spirit leads. And so the question this morning that I really feel in my heart is, how are we going to make room for the Holy Spirit to lead us this year? And I know I'm not preaching about self-effort, but we do have a will and we do have an opportunity to create room. What are we going to do different? I really do not, I don't like it when you just listen to a sermon that I preach and it was great and we go home and we forget about it. I'm really trusting Holy Spirit to leave us with a nagging question in our hearts this week. What am I going to do different this year to make room for Him? To make room for the simple little things, and we're going to talk about ways that the Holy Spirit guides us practically. How am I going to make room for Him this year? What am I going to do differently? Because if we want the same results we've always received, we've got to do the same things we've always done. And if the plan is to do the same that we've always done, then the results are going to be the same it's always been. Amen? How do I know the Holy Spirit is leading me? Number one, I believe... And this is, I'm sharing with you this morning, just as a friend, what God has taught me. I believe the leadership of the Holy Spirit will actually make you so hungry and so thirsty for the things of God. And many people here I know are so hungry and so thirsty for the things of God. The Holy Spirit leadership is always in direct opposition to the world. In other words, Holy Spirit will always lead me away from the things that distract me in the world to the things that will actually bring me real satisfaction, to the things of the Spirit, to the things of the Lord, places of worship, place of reading my Bible, of prayer, of fellowship with other believers who can stir my faith like iron sharpens iron. He will always lead me away from the things of the world that is not bearing fruit in my life. Amen? He will always lead me away from sin towards Christ-likeness. 
This is a big principle to understand. If I'm trying, if I'm in the place where I'm new to my faith or I'm trying to learn how to follow and sense the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I need to remember this principle that the Holy Spirit will always lead me away from sin towards Christ-likeness, towards a place of maturity, towards a place where He can prune and produce fruit in my life. And there was a, it's not actually a funny story, um, but <laughs> I'm actually going ahead of myself. The Holy Spirit's voice will never contradict the Word of God. That's the second principle we need to remember. The Holy Spirit will never tell me to do anything that is in contrast to the Bible, to God's Word. And I remember this was in, in Cape Town. I can't remember how many years ago. We actually had a, a lady that uh, came up to our pastor or someone in the team, actually. And she honestly believed that the Holy Spirit spoke to her and led her to come and share with the team that she believed that the pastor, who was married already, was her husband. She was supposed to marry him one day. She was already married, but she was fully convinced Holy Spirit spoke to her, that is her husband. Now, can we just say with clarity and confidence, the voice of the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. It may sound like a silly example, but there are so many times in our lives where we feel totally convinced that Holy Spirit is leading us to do something, but it's clearly not in line with Scripture. Then we can know this is not the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me or leading me. The Holy Spirit's goal is to actually lead us into abundant life with God, to freedom and to maturity. And Johanna shared this morning, or I shared, that we had an incredible Friday morning. I was on the phone with my mom all the time, and we were waiting for this baby. It's the first baby in our little family to be born. And so my brother's baby, little Leah, was born at 8 a.m., 3.61 kilograms, 39 centimeter. And she looks like me when I was a baby. And so I just thought I had to claim somewhere in there. She is beautiful. And we were so excited. And, you know, when a baby is born, they obviously drink milk. Okay? When a baby is born, a newborn, you don't feed a newborn Kit Kats and Drovors when they come out. I mean, well, maybe for them it was different, but a normal baby <laughs> doesn't eat that. Okay? They drink milk. And there's this beautiful scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 to 2. Where Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about babies in Christ. He talks about infants in Christ. And he says to them, I have fed you spiritual milk because you were not yet ready in your spirits for solid food. So there's a place when we get born again where we are babies and we are being fed milk that we are able to digest spiritually but the Holy Spirit's goal is actually to take us from that place of being an infant spiritual baby to a place of maturity. What is the fancy, beautiful word? It's sanctification. Sanctification means the Holy Spirit leads us to a place where the influence of the world becomes less and less and less. And the influence of the Holy Spirit becomes more and more and more. And the less we are influenced by the world, the more we are influenced by His Spirit, the more we are learning to yield, the more as we feed ourselves with the Word of God, the more we will grow to a place of spiritual maturity, where the fruit will become visible in our lives, where 
unbelievers and people in the world who are desperate and broken can feed on the fruit in our lives and they can come and meet the King of Kings. That is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So his leadership will make us hungry and thirsty for more. And so oftentimes when we speak to people, they feel like they're not hearing the Holy Spirit. I'm not hearing the voice of the Lord, but they are so hungry. They call us to answer a question about a scripture or can you tell me about this? Or uh, I want to listen to this teaching or I want to go to church and hear about this. Or can you tell me more about that? That is you being led by the Holy Spirit. He's maturing you. He's making you hungry for the things of God. He's making you thirsty for it. And the fact that you are searching for it is you yielding. That's part of yielding. So I feel like I'm just giving a confirmation for some people this morning that you're on the right track. You are being led by the Spirit as we speak. He's guiding you. And you'll notice that you will become more and more hungry for it. Sometimes after a Sunday service, I don't know if, if you've ever been in that place where, particularly after our prayer night last week, I couldn't sleep for a few hours. That is your spirit being awake, leading you. You're excited. You're hungry for more. Okay, and if, you, if you've never experienced that and you want to experience that, then we're going to pray for some people this morning. The Holy Spirit will also convict us of sin. That is another way that we can recognize that we are being led by the Holy Spirit. The things that you used to do before you got saved becomes boring to you. I remember the one thing, you know, my friends, we used to, and uh, yeah, please hear my heart. We love a braai. We love a good gathering. It's awesome. But I started becoming extremely bored at normal braais. Okay, we're going to talk about the politics. We're going to moan about the president. We're going to, okay. Okay, well, no, I was hungry for something more. Those things became boring to me. And I don't say a braai is not good, but, you know, the branas and the it became boring to me. There's surely much more to life than that. Okay, so, so when there's a fire of the Holy Spirit in your heart, those things will become boring to you. I used to smoke. It became boring to me. Okay. I used to, what else did I used to do? Maybe I shouldn't share everything. Okay. But you can, you know what that is in your life. It became boring to me. So it's the satisfaction that you would get from those things dried up. Like there was nothing left for it. You were searching for something more. That is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's leading you to another place. And let me tell you, following the Holy Spirit, following Jesus Christ is the least boring thing you can ever do. It's the biggest adventure of your life. You will, and that's why people of control, when you give that up, it's the biggest adventure you will ever embark on. There is nothing more exciting. There is nothing more thrilling. There is nothing that this world can give us that will satisfy. 
There's nothing that this world can give us that'll satisfy or come anywhere close to the leadership and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When you get to pray for someone and the Spirit of God touches them and they get healed and you fully feel your neck Man, that is where it's at. I just want to lay hands on everybody and pray and see the Holy Spirit do things. That is exciting. When you go on an outreach with your highness to the Vundu, this is a punt for the outreach, and you pray for someone and they are tied literally in the spirit by some stupid demon. You get to pray and the king sets them free. I'm telling you, no scary movie, no thing you can watch, no thing of entertainment will come close to that thing of experiencing the kingdom at work. Now is boy Is anyone with me this morning? As Johannes is my say boss, then I know. I can go. Woo, this exciting, Yella. Come on. God wants to wake up his church. It is time for the fire of God to return to the church. Yesterday, we were talking about how we're going to see the fire of God in our kids' church. And Leon, our pastor in Bermuda, was telling us about children praying for each other and seeing other children being healed. Body parts appearing. The things of the supernatural happening in the kids' church. Okay. I think we should all next week go downstairs to the kids' church. To get some fire back into our bones. Amen? Come on. Because why? Kids follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They have not been influenced by the world the way we've been influenced by the world. So they are so open to His leadership. If they, if they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and says, They say, okay. And I feel like that's where the Holy Spirit wants us. See it, y'all. That is a word for someone this morning. Okay, Johanna says no. Number two, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in various ways. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing to me. John 14, 26. I want to pray for some people. John 14, 26. My point is this, the Holy Spirit will speak to us in different ways. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he will teach us everything that Jesus taught. So number one, the Holy Spirit will always, I don't, that's actually not number one, I think we're at number 10. There's no order this morning. The Holy Spirit will always speak what Jesus speaks. We've said already he doesn't contradict the word of God, but also the Holy Spirit will never glorify himself. He will always point to Jesus. He will always glorify the King of Kings. It's all about Jesus. So whenever we lose focus of Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit leading. He will always point back to the King. And he will speak these words and he will remind us of things through the word of God, through the Bible. And so probably in every sermon that I teach, I will possibly refer to the word of God. Not possibly, always. Because if we are not going to immerse ourselves in the word of God, we are also not going to be able to discern if the spirit is speaking to us or not. Because if Jesus says he's going to teach us everything Jesus said, then how are we going to know what that is if we don't know what is in the Word? Okay? Here's my bookmarky. Um, 
So we need to spend time in the Word. We need to get, Jesus said, if my words remain in you, how do the words get in? Not really by a, a zap. It's time in the Word. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, can you just not do an automatic download and everything is in? We need to eat on this and feast on this every single day. Get the word in you however it is possible for you. I remember even as I was driving, I used to drive an hour and a half to work every morning and then evening. That was three hours a day in Cape Town. Don't miss that traffic. <laughs> now eight minutes to the Grove is like hectic. Okay, so... I used to listen to podcasts, sometimes the audio Bible, whatever it took for the word to come into me, into my spirit, because then how does the Holy Spirit work? If there is something inside of me of the word, that is what the Holy Spirit can then use to bring to my remembrance. So if I don't give him anything to work with, what will he bring to remembrance? Yes, he's God. Yes, he can show me things I also didn't know. But he loves to work with what we put inside of us. And so many times, because I am more of a teacher, the main way that I normally discern the Lord's voice is through the Word of God. So even when I read Scripture, sometimes a certain portion of Scripture will be illuminated to me. In other words, it will stand out. Something, I'm praying about something, and then immediately that Scripture speaks to that situation, like a rhema word that we've spoken about before. It becomes alive, quickened to my spirit. You know those times when you read the Bible and you just know that you know that you know God just spoke to me through the scripture. That is how the Holy Spirit speaks. But he can also bring something to your remembrance. Something jumps out, of you, out at you when you listen to the word of God. And I have literally written down in my journal, God has spoken to me very, very clear leadership of the Holy Spirit, directional words through the word of God. From my marriage to moving to Namibia, Two different things in vocation that I was pursuing that the Lord was leading me. He would give me very specific things through the word of God. So number one, he speaks through the word. We need to make sure that we are feeding our spirit with more of the word. A second way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through inner peace. Inner peace. Let's go down to John 14 verse 27. Jesus continues. And he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Sometimes when we are praying about something, we will sense an inner peace that even though it's chaos around you, there is a peace on the inside. You're just calm. You can't explain it. You're not even doing anything on the external to get peace. You just feel it on the inside. Is, does anyone know what I'm talking about? That is often the Holy Spirit guiding you. That, that is a green, We speak of the green light. That's a green light to move ahead in that direction. That's a green light. It's peace. But sometimes we have this this check in our spirit. You just feel uncomfortable about something. You're praying, you're praying, you're praying, but you, the more you pray, the more uncomfortable you feel. That is often sometimes how the Holy Spirit nudges us to stop and not go in that direction. Do not make that decision. Do not buy that thing. Do not apply for that job. Do not pursue that road. 
And I remember this takes practice, trial and error with the Lord. Discerning. I always love to ask the Lord for a scripture confirmation, just to make sure it's not my emotions driving me. So what we're speaking about is not emotions. We're speaking about a deep inner peace that you just know that you know that you know. There was a time when I worked for a ministry and there was a huge opportunity, something I've dreamt of for years to go to Mozambique, to go to an incredible globally world-known ministry. And the, the lead woman of this ministry was actually going to be there. And they wanted me to go and spend some time there for the other ministry that I was working for. They were working in partnership. And you can ask Johannes, we were just married. It was my dream. Like there was no way I was even going to pray about it. The fact that the opportunity came was the answer. I was not even going to pray, Lord, should I go? And there was something on the inside of me that just didn't feel it. And when I say feel, I'm, don't, I'm not talking about my fecal emotions. I'm talking about there was a check in my spirit, an uncomfortableness. The more I prayed about it, the more I felt, no, I shouldn't go. And I was like, Lord, you need to speak to me very clearly because this is the dream. I, I, I want to go. I want to go and prayed about it with Johannes. Johannes also sent, mm -mm. prayed with it with my pastor. All agreed, mm -mm. the Lord shows a red light, not the time or not the place or something, but he shows no. And eventually I went to go speak to my boss and we all prayed and then we decided, okay, let's postpone it. And in that time that I was actually supposed to go, there was a huge, um, I don't know what they call it, with uh, ISIS, yeah, uproar there, you know, taking Christians hostage. It was actually a very hostile time that I would have found myself right in the middle of a very, very scary situation. And I realized afterwards that that was the Holy Spirit actually protecting me from going into a dangerous situation that he was actually not calling me in. Was I supposed to go? Yes. Was it the time? No. And I remember eventually I got to go and then the, the lead minister lady wasn't there. <laughs> but it was such an incredible trip and it was God's timing for me to go. But that's where I started to learn or recognize that uncomfortable check in my spirit is often Holy Spirit leading me and showing me to stop. We can make our plans, the Bible says, but the Lord will direct our steps. In Acts 16, there was even a time where the Apostle Paul was prevented to preach the gospel in Asia. Why? Because God had a different timing. The people of Asia weren't actually ready for what he had to bring. Instead, the Holy Spirit led them to Macedonia where the hearts were ripe for the gospel. And then he eventually made his way to Asia, but in God's timing. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead us even in those things that are good, but sometimes it'll be a timing thing. But we must also discern sometimes we will be scared to do something new and the Holy Spirit says go. Then we need to know and discern, Lord, is it just my nerves or my fear? Or is it your Holy Spirit leading me? Lastly, nudges or promptings, and then I'm going to pray for some people. The Lord will sometimes give us promptings in our spirit. Sometimes he will lead us to a place where there will be something on the inside of you that just, it's like an urge. It's like something pulling you towards a certain direction that, hey, I must actually call Jock this week. I don't know why I've got Jock on my mind. I don't know why I've got Jock on my heart, but I must call him. That can be leadership of the Holy Spirit trying to say, I actually want to give Jock a word through you. If you can just pay attention. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt us to pray for someone and pick and pay.
to pay for someone's groceries in checkers, to maybe give to someone in need, maybe to call up that old friend who really needs an encouragement from the Lord. But he will nudge you. It will be like something that you can't shake it, and it will always be something obviously good for the kingdom. But he will remind you of, of things like that. Has anyone ever experienced that, the nudging of the Holy Spirit? Paulus, in the Afrikaans Bible, it speaks about the prickles van jou hart. Moenie skop die nie prikkels van jou hart nie. Many of us experience the prickles of the heart, but we ignore it. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind us this morning, do not quench my voice. Do not ignore when I'm trying to lead you. Do not resist when I'm trying to gently encourage you in a direction that God actually wants to take you. Amen. I want to pray for some people this morning. If the team can just put up our music, I want you to just close your eyes this morning. And I want to give the Holy Spirit a few moments to minister to every person. The way that we can also know that we have been led by the Holy Spirit before is if you are sitting here this morning and you know that you know that you know that you are a born again child of God. You've made a decision in your heart to accept Jesus. That means you've heard and you followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will always lead us first into relationship with the Father. He will always want to lead us back home to be restored by the Father. And I just want to pray for some people here this morning. If you are here and you don't actually know, you can't say with 100% conviction and certainty that you are a born again believer. I'm not talking about I grew up in a Christian home and my parents were Christians and I went to church. Going to church doesn't make me a Christian. Surrendering my life to the King of Kings and confessing with my mouth that He is Lord will make me a believer. John 1 verse 11, 12 and 13 says that those who believe in His name he will give the right to become children of God. And so I want to pray this morning, if there is anyone here and you say, while everyone's eyes are closed to give everyone privacy, if you've never actually surrendered your heart to the Lord, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ and surrendered to His leadership in your life, then I want you to gently raise your hand because I want to pray for you this morning. And then we have a gift that we want to give you after the service. If there's anyone here this morning, we won't call you out. We just want to pray over you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The second group of people I want to pray for is if you are here this morning and you are sensing in your heart that you don't know the Holy Spirit as much as you would like to. Maybe there's a part of the Holy Spirit that you are longing for. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will be our counselor. He will be our comforter, our intercessor, a helper, a teacher, a strengthener if you need strength, or an advocate if you need him to fight for you. If there's any one of those roles of the Holy Spirit that you feel is lacking in your life and that you haven't experienced, 
then I want you to take a moment just in your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal Himself in that way to you. If you need guidance, ask Him to come and guide you. If you need Him to teach you about something that you're not understanding, ask the teacher of teachers to come. If you need wisdom this morning, ask the spirit of wisdom to come. If you're at the end of yourself and you need supernatural strength, you actually need supernatural guidance to take that next step tomorrow morning when you wake up, when we hit this week in the world again, then ask the strengthener to come. I'm gonna give us a moment for that. Just tell him, Holy Spirit, I need you. I can't do this without you. If you need freedom in an area of your life, ask him to come. And then I want you to ask Him to show you what is the one thing in your life that needs to shift. Is there anything that needs to be pruned in your life, cut away from your life, that is preventing Holy Spirit from fully operating in your life the way that you need? I want you to ask Him to show you. Right now, He's a faithful God. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord is talking to people. Right now, He's showing you things. Thank you, Lord. He's confirming things in your heart right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And then I want you to pray after me this morning. I want to say, you can repeat after me, Holy Spirit. I need you. Please forgive me for not yielding fully to you. We are sorry if we've quenched your fire in our life. Please come, fill us afresh this morning. We're desperate for you. We are surrendering to you. We need your guidance. We need your voice. We need your leadership. Show us what needs to be pruned to make room for you. Lead the way. If your presence does not go before us, do not make us go from this place. Amen. Thank you, Father. I just want to pray, Lord, over every person this morning. Lord, I pray that you would take every seed that was sown into our hearts, Lord, and that you would water it. Lord, that you would cause it to produce fruit and life on the inside of us. And Father, as we surrender our hearts afresh to your spirit this morning, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would make us so aware of your presence. Lord, that you would make us so aware of the ways that you want to speak to us, the ways that you want to guide us in this next week. 
Make us super sensitive to discern your words, to discern your promptings, to hear you in our heart of hearts and lead us to the way of maturity. Lead us to the way that you've got for us. And Lord, we pray that our lives will produce fruit that'll be everlasting. Lord, that our lives will produce fruit as evidence of our faith, Lord, and that you will take us from milk to solid foods in you. That you will take us to a place of maturity, Lord, a place where we can take out and establish the kingdom in this city and in this nation for your glory. Lord, I want to pray a blessing of every person. I want to pray the blood of Jesus and protection of every person in this room today. May you take us from strength to strength and glory to glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.